Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Telcom Corner Cafe podcast. I am your host Sean Sheedy and this month we're going to talk about OTDRs. And this is going to probably be a multi-episode topic so we're going to start really, really basically on that. So all OTDRs fundamentally do the two same things. They measure loss vertically, typically on the left hand side of the scale. They measure distance horizontally along the bottom scale of the OTDR. Things that will affect that, and there's many different functions and features we'll talk about, as well as what you're actually measuring, such as cable type. Not just whether you're measuring multi-mode or single mode, as it's extremely important to ensure that you have the right wavelength selected, but also the right index of refraction set for those, which we'll get more into. But it also comes down to what type of cable glass is being tested. Is it ITU-TG-652, standard single mode fiber? Is it 652D, low water peak fiber? Is it 655 that was designed for specific wavelengths such as 1550? Is it ITU-TG-654, which is ultra-low attenuation long-haul fiber? It's going to measure differently because you have an index refraction, meaning the speed of light through that glass is different than it will be from a different type. Each type of glass and every manufacturer that manufactures glass has their own way of manufacturing glass as well as their own index of refraction that they have assigned to it and calculated for that specific type of glass. And although not an absolute critical need in multi-mode, purely because multi-mode fiber is not ran for that long of a distance, however, in single mode is absolutely critical. And I would go so far to say that I would think it's actually critical in multi-mode as well, although a lot of people don't necessarily see it that way. You are trying to set up your OTDR, after all, to be as accurate as possible. With that said regarding accuracy... There's three fundamental functions on every OTDR. Range, how much or how long of a fiber do you want to see? Pulse width, how much optical energy do I need to inject into that fiber to get a clean, clear signature trace? And finally, how long do I want to test that fiber for? Those are the three basic functions. The other two that are critical to the success of the measurements and their accuracy is the index of refraction that we talked about, which is nothing more than the speed of light through optical fiber or the speed of light through glass, and marker placement. Now, some people would argue one of the newest features on an OTDR is auto test set. It can do all of that for you. It can, but let's travel back to episode 6 for a second and talk about a particular topic we discussed called estimated versus actual, meaning that a fusion splicer, once you strip, clean, cleave, and place the fiber in the fusion splicer, it will take over to the point of sometimes you don't even have to hit the set button. Once you close that second chuck, it automatically goes into splice mode. When it's done performing that splice, it will perform a series of tests and movements, but they're all mechanical, meaning it will position the fiber, it will look at different angles of the fiber, it will reposition the fiber, it will apply the arc, it'll splice the fibers together, it'll perform a proof tensile strength test, and it will give you an estimated splice loss. But those are all mechanical adjustments, movements, and measurements. Unlike an OTDR, there is at no point any light actually sent through the splice to give you the actual true loss of that splice. Now, that said, the estimated splice loss measurements of a fusion splicer have always been and have gotten even better today as they've improved technology. That being said, if you've ever heard the term OTDRs always deliver or provide the true loss of a splice, that is because they actually send light through the splice and then take a measurement 
from the beginning of that splice, or what some people like to refer to as the beginning of the transit time, to the end of the transit time, plot that on the signature trace and gives you a reading in the loss table. Now, back to marker placement that we were talking about. Marker placement has a variety of options. If you simply want to know the distance of your fiber, you'll place one marker at the beginning and one marker at the end of it. That is called two-point measurement for marker placement. If you want to know splice loss, there's a feature on OTDRs called four-point. Some manufacturers even have six markers. You'll place the two primary markers on each side of the splice, not within it, but on each side of it. And then you'll set the secondary markers near, but not on top of the primary markers and away from the primary markers. To add a little bit of clarity to that, the reason for the second set of markers, or in some cases, a third set, is you don't want fiber loss contributed to or added to your splice loss. If you were to just set a primary marker on each side of the splice, you would get fiber and splice loss. By using the secondary markers, you literally have now two sets of markers whose purposes are the second set of markers subtracts the fiber loss from the splice loss, leaving you the actual loss of the splice. And that holds true for fusion splices, mechanical splices. You want to know true splice loss. You don't want fiber determining, oh, well, that loss is too high. I have to redo all those when in reality, nothing was wrong with them to begin with. Setting the proper index of refraction is the fifth function that I was referring to. And that is a number that you can get off of manufacturers' websites, the specification papers stapled to the side of the spool if they're still available, from a organized file that's been kept in the office. Many years ago, it used to be fairly easy. You had two primary glass manufacturers. You had Corning, you had OFS. And for the most part, everybody knew those indexes were fractions almost off the top of their head in the outside plant world because they were so commonly dealing with them all the time and there was extensive testing being done. Now, there's many more options. Lots of different flavors of glass. Some people will refer to glass like ice cream. What flavor do you want? Depends on what you're doing with it. How long are you running it? What wavelengths are going to be ran over that? What types of applications are going to be ran over that? So there's all kinds of factors. But it's critically important to set the proper index of refraction so that your distances actually match. Because a lot of people, when using OTDRs, they're like, they will defer to the sheath jacket markings on the outside of the cable. Unfortunately, the sheath jacket and the optical glass measurements are not the same in distance. As we discussed many episodes back, cable has a helical wrap factor to it, so the glass is actually physically longer than the actual straight jacket applied sheath is. So if you go by the sheath measurements, and we're not talking about that great of a distance like in multi-mode, that won't create or potentially cause that many issues. In single mode, where distance is the reason you're using it primarily as, as well as its transmission capabilities, that can make a huge difference. You can be off miles from actual accurate measurements, which means you will send yourself or someone else on a wild goose chase, spending lots of time that normally someone doesn't have to address, find, or fix a problem, and they can't find it. It's because they're actually nowhere near it. So that's the accuracy importance, if you will, of proper index of refraction setting, which we'll get again Again, much more into this episode is just going to be the basic terminology and familiarization with 
the different functions. Back to distance for a moment. How much distance do you want to see on the screen? Obviously, you want to use as much of the screen as possible. So if you know or have a general idea of how long your cable is, select a couple of different options. See what fills the screen to a maximum visibility. Pulse width, as we talked about earlier. Start with the lowest, continue on until you can see a virtual immediate clean trace that properly displays everything you want to see. Average time, how long do you want to test it? Generally, people try to test in the shortest period of time. And if that works, fantastic. Some fibers are long enough and have enough events and enough disruptive types of measurements that a short period of time will not capture or will not allow the OTDR a long enough time to capture the measurements. So that's the reason for everything from a three nanosecond option all the way to a three minute option. At one time it was believed the longer you test, the more accuracy the test would have. That's obviously been debunked over the years and has found to be not necessarily true. And now most testing is done somewhere between as little as five and maybe as much as 30 seconds in some really long distance capabilities. Also playing a major factor into that is the fact that OTDRs have evolved tremendously, not only in features, but in technology and options and measurement methods. Well, that wraps up episode seven of the Telcom Corner Cafe podcast. That's just a brief introduction to it. We will be back next month with continued details on this. Like I mentioned, this may go as many as three to five episodes because it's such an elaborate piece of test equipment capable of so many different things, providing an immense amount of information to you. Until then, once again, I'm your host, Sean Sheedy. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with episode eight before you know it. Thanks again.